0: You're listening to Three Makes Baby, a podcast about fertility, family, and genetics. I'm Jana Rupnow, a fertility counselor and author of Three Makes Baby. Welcome to the show. Well, it is so good to have you here, Kiara. I, um, I, like I was just, we were just chatting (laughs) before we got started here and I warned you about my cat. And of course she decided to meow right when this started. So she'll probably jump up here eventually. But um, it's so nice to have you as part of the Three Makes Baby podcast. This is the first time I'm doing it with a video so people can see faces and get to know us a little bit more personally um, rather than it just being that audio. Absolutely. You know, That being said, I kind of start out a little bit differently, but really I always like to start out by by telling your story and kind of the reason that you're here. (laughs) My cat. It's okay. That was funny. She I wants re- to
1: be included. She wants to be
0: included. The desk is like, and so she, I saw these claws come up behind the desk and just two little claws go like this. Um. So anyway, tell me your story. Tell me your story about being donor conceived.
1: Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um. And I feel like when we get the opportunity to share our story, it allows others to be able to share their story and really identify maybe if they, are dealing with or have gone through something similar. So, so true. Um, a little bit about me. Um, so I'm 24 and I was raised by a single mom by choice. So she had my brother and I both through a donor um, in her early forties. So she wanted kids and she wasn't married. And she's like, you know what? I'm a powerful woman, and I can do this by myself um, with the help, obviously, of a lot of family and friends surrounding her. So she used an anonymous donor from California Cryobank and had my brother and I. Okay. And over these past, you know, 24 years, she told me early, early on my my birth story and how I came to be, and it really just allowed me to figure out my own identity. So in the last couple of years, I've really just been um, trying to find some donor siblings and have been going on that journey of finding donor-related family. And, you know, that's really just shaped my view of, of family as a whole. Wow. So you always knew. And do you have a memory of being told? Yes. So yeah, okay. it's actually a funny story. It's, I don't have a memory of right when I was told because my mom told me right from the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've known it for as long as, as it's been true. Mm-hmm. So as long as I've been alive. Um, but when I was younger, so, you know, the way she told us grew with our age, you know, more age appropriate language. And so when I was younger, she used to say, you know, mommy really wanted a baby and mommy went to the doctor and they gave her medicine to have a baby and here you are. And I really, really love you. So I remember being in elementary school and someone asking me, why don't you have a dad, you know, where's your dad? And I was like, well, (laughs) My mommy went to the doctor and the doctor gave her medicine to have a baby and here I am and you know my mommy's awesome so mm-hmm. i really remember that and it's just funny because you know kids have a lot of questions but i always remember feeling empowered to share my story mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And from a young age, you kind of, it's very literal. It's like, you take it as a matter of fact, almost like this is what you were told. And you repeat the story. You don't really fully understand what you're saying yet. And the other kids probably don't either at that age, elementary school. So, but as a whole, like, I know the kids are learning more and more about how donor conception actually works. And so that is kind of changing. Like what I'm finding is that they are, um, they're learning about the gametes they're learning about the sperm and egg and, you know, it's changing that dialogue. And so I wonder today if you could still say
1: that and, and sort of quote unquote, get away with it. What do you think? That's a great question. Um, and I'm so thankful for people talking about this, right? I mean, my mom, when I asked her, Oh, was anyone talking about being donor conceived or the language to use or any of this back in the nineties when Mm -hmm. you were trying to conceive. And she was like, not that, not that I knew of. So I feel like our language is expanding and our knowledge is expanding on how to raise donor conceived kiddos and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what we can share with them and how we can empower them. So I think it is really powerful to really explain the biology behind it, um, and how we came to be.
0: Um, but yeah, I think that's just such a changing, ever-changing, evolving, you know, topic. And it's, I wrote my book six years ago and now it's already parts of it are need to be changed already. So because of this, so yeah, it's good to know that you though were told and she probably, she had probably had very little to no resources at the time mm-hmm. to even learn how. So she just kind of went off the cuff and really spoke from her heart. And, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's great now. And then as you kind of over the years, did you notice were there times developmentally where it came up more or where you had more questions, um, you know, or, you know, even just as an adult, did it, has it, you know, how has it impacted you differently
1: being donor conceived? Mm-hmm. So I think growing up, and I also find it interesting, my brother and I um, have very different interests. So he yeah. is not as interested in finding his donor-related family um, as I am, but he's still very open and he still doesn't feel like he has, you know, an identity crisis because, you know, again, it's something that we've always known. So yeah. I also think when I was younger, so similarly to back in the 90s, you know, anonymous firm donors Uh, my mom was given basic information, height, weight, occupation, background. um, And that's about it. Maybe some hobbies. So she did share that with me growing up. And I always said, you know, I would love to see a picture. You know, I would love to see maybe what my donor looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And then especially I did have some medical issues as a young child. And my mom was um, slightly concerned that we didn't have, you know, half of the medical history. So she did try to go back and to the fertility clinic and get any other information that was possible. And unfortunately, um, obviously a lot of that information is not available. Yeah. Yeah. So there were definitely times when I wish I had a little bit more information. Um, but I'd like to say it didn't have anything to do that. I needed another parent. You know, Mm -hmm. I was very happy with the parent and the family that I was given. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just needed a little bit more information, you know, yeah. for my medical history or just to really help shape my identity just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of those curious, those questions that you don't know the answers to that maybe would help you understand yourself better.
1: Mm-hmm. And then did you
0: ever find your donor?
1: I did. So
0: okay. I found, I him shouldn't a little- say donor. I always say I still mess that up. Your donor, your mom's donor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. Um,
1: I found him about a year ago. So Mm -hmm. I did 23 and me, um, a little over two years ago and Mm -hmm. slowly, you know, found a sibling here and there. Mm -hmm. And then about a year ago, um, another sibling, a donor sibling had done 23 and me and we got to chatting and I was, I felt like I was inviting him in on this wonderful journey that, and connection that I had already made with my other siblings that I had found. I was like, yeah. welcome to the group. You know, we have this sibling and this sibling. And then he goes, oh, well, we have a Facebook group of like 10 of us. Would you like to join? Um, so it was really him letting all of us in on, on a uh, little bit of a larger group and our donor um, who they had found yeah. the donor sibling registry. Okay. Wow. So you do say donor. I do, and I feel okay. like again, language is again expanding, yeah. um, and I'm even learning more about the language that's being used. But that's just the terminology that my mom used when I yeah. was growing up. Sure,
0: yeah, it makes sense. You know, it's like uh, it's funny. So it's like you can make it what makes sense for you, and um, sometimes that takes some thought. You know, yourself, like what do I want to call this person? And that comes with maturity and age as well. So while you might just say what your parents say at a certain age. Maybe later you'll say, you know, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't resonate with me. This is what I want to call this person. Absolutely, it's just giving donor people adoptees anyone a permission to use the term that's that's right for them, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's what matters. So, and, and just you know, it kind of goes back to being considerate and asking. Absolutely. What do you refer to that person as? Yep, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about like. You, what you've been doing in this sort of the field of advocacy work.
1: Yes. So um, again, also with finding my donor um, a little bit over a year ago and just getting to know him more and just having conversations. We actually just had our first phone conversation this past Whoa, Sunday. So big news. Yes. Yeah, yes. Very recent. Um, and I just feel so blessed um, with the openness and the honesty that both him and all my donor siblings have um, and just letting me in. And I feel like I've learned a lot being donor conceived. And again, it's given me this unique view on family. Um, and, you know, we have a couple of different terms. We also call it chosen family, you know, it's people that you choose to be in your Mm -hmm. life, um, biologically related or not. Mm -hmm. Um, we also, you know, my mom always said it takes a village. Mm -hmm. So she'd always say, you know, it takes a village to raise, raise kids. Um, So it's just, it's really shaped that view as well. Mm So being, having this feeling of just thankfulness, I've been trying to share my story, um, on social media and just trying to also, I know I have some family friends or acquaintances that are pursuing, um, trying to have their children through using a donor or other means, and they just have questions. So I feel like, you know what, I'm an open person and I would love to answer those questions. So I'm just in that process of sharing my story and, um, yeah, expanding the conversations around this. I feel like that's what can really help. It really does. It really, ha- the more people that talk about it, the more you give
0: permission to people to talk about it. And, um, so you're doing advocacy work. You're also connected with your, your, um, mom's donor, your donor. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you found that, Uh, have you had conversations? I know you just had your first one with him. So it's so, so fresh and so recent. One thing I'm beginning to do is a meeting with a lot more donors now, and I'm learning their perspective and how it's impacting their life to, to discover all these children that were born from Mm -hmm. their donation. Um, and that they are, uh, some are having a little trouble just managing like the spouse or the, their children that they're raising. Um, how have you noticed, have you talked to him at all about how he manages
1: that? Yeah. So, I don't think anyone would have imagined how far technology would have come in the right. last 20, 30 years. So um I did ask just him about, you know, what prompted you to donate. Um, how was that decision and process like? And and he had mentioned, you know what? I was a poor college kid, but also I thought it would be cool to help make a family. Um and and he mentioned that he didn't really think much else because at that point it was all anonymous um, and they didn't really. They promised an anonymity or and then they also basically just didn't say that there was gonna be a way to connect right, right, with right. they didn't um, know, yeah. No. And so obviously um consumer DNA testing has completely or at least slightly blown that yeah. up. And he also did choose to um, I guess, reveal himself, if if we want to call it that. But he put um, he knew his donor ID and he put himself on donor sibling registry oh, wow. and said, if any, um of my donor conceived kids would like to have a conversation with me or meet me. I would love wow. that. Um, okay. yeah. So he felt that he, if somebody was out there that wanted to meet him, um, he felt that they deserved to do that. Yeah. And, That was just him also being open to that and wanting to meet us as well.
0: Interesting. They called you
1: your, his donor conceived kids. Um,
0: You know, I hear like that, just thinking about that, thinking about the parents that are out there with young ones, just wondering, you know, how that hits them. Um, Which would make sense. I mean, what terminology do we have? You know, what are you going to call them? If anybody, my offspring would like to, that's not, you know, that feels weird, right? Like we can't use that. Mm -hmm. We can't say, so it gets, but that's where people I know get really sensitive because they they get sensitive around the term kid. They get sensitive around the term parent, but for the, the language, you know, is limited. Language is limited words, clumsy. And and if anyone that's listening feels offended or upset by this, just remember that. What else are they supposed to call them? Like what other words, you
1: know? And I, I also think, as you mentioned earlier, it's great to ask, right. You know, if there's a term that you don't necessarily, um, identify with, I think that's perfectly okay. And so just asking that individual, regardless of its, um, the donor or a family member or a friend or somebody that's calling something your donor, you know, a biological father or a parent or you know, biological kids. I think just asking or correcting them politely is perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and I will say, just as an adoptee,
0: if my biological father were to say to somebody that we met and we were together and he said, introduced to some, someone new and said, This is my daughter, Jana, I would think of it in terms of, yeah, we're biologically related. I'm his biological daughter. But if he and my dad were standing side by side and he said to somebody, this is my daughter, Jana, number one, he wouldn't do that. He would know better. He would never do that. Right. Mm Because that's disrespectful and he wouldn't want to, but he would, uh, then that's different because it's like, well, wait a minute. No, that's a different context, right? This is, you know, the way you're saying it now, it feels different. So, um, so I think it's, when I think again, keep in mind that people can separate children and adult children can separate these this terminology. And I think it's
1: parents that get a little bit more hung up on it for some reason. Do you find that as well? I do. and And my mom is so supportive in my journey, and she has been my rock. She's amazing. Um, but I will say if somebody uses the term biological father um, or parent, you know, um, she doesn't identify with those terms. So she is typically one to correct them. And, um, and she just kind of, you know, as I grew up explained, you know, this is what a parent is, and this is what the person that genetically contributed to you is. And that's an amazing mm-hmm. thing. Um, and they not, they may not be your parent, but they are also an important, um, you know, con- they, an important contribution to, to make you. who yeah. you are.
0: Yeah. And I think if, Again, when you're around your mom, maybe use the terminology she prefers. Some donor conceived people wouldn't, don't feel like they should have to do that. And hey, I that's good too. If you don't feel like you should have to, don't, you know, do what's right for you. At the end of the day, you have to do what's right for you and what's right for your family. And there's so many different personalities out there um, that parenting Um, you know, I always look for stuff under the surface. I'm a therapist. So I'm going to look under the surface and say, well, what is it about the term that's offensive? Well, what is it that bothers you? You know, because a parent is a scientific term as well. So, you know, that's where I would kind of, you know, question, not question, but just kind of probe a little bit further into, into that. But I do, I understand maybe the insecurities that are coming up there. Um, and that you don't want to mix the role of, Hey, this is the family I raised the child. I did you know, I was there during all the things and this person wasn't, so they shouldn't get the same designation, but, you know, I, just from my perspective and I'm an adoptee. So i I know I have a different perspective than some DCPs as well, but, um, I, I don't think of it that way. I don't ever think that like the, my biological mom and dad will, would never be my mom and dad. They would never take that place. Mm-hmm. So I never confuse that, but you know, again, everyone's different.
1: Yeah. And I also think um, language, again, may change as I grow up as well, just because I know when you're little, you don't, I guess, you try your best to do what's best for kids and not confuse them or really help them understand where they came from versus now um, that I fully do understand where I came from, the language may change as well. I do also notice a difference um, in between my donor siblings um, who have two parents, whether they're same-sex parents or a man and a woman, um, and then us, certain other individuals who were raised by a single mom by choice. I feel like the language or the relationships may differ there a little bit as well.
0: Yeah, true. And I think there's gotta be respect for the situations. Um, yeah, I, I would really love to visit with some child development experts and language experts, whatever, whoever the experts are out there that can help with this. Because, you know, I've, I've talked you know, being in the adoption community for so long my whole life and, and being an adoptive parent, the, the terminology never was confusing for me. I was always told from a young age and, and I always had a birth mom and a birth dad, and I actually used those words. And so people would say, well, who's your real mom? And I'd go, you mean, who's my birth mom, <laughs> you know, or that is my real mom To about my mom who raised me. Um, and so I would have to correct people to ter- their per- terminology a lot, but in far, as far as being confused, it, it, that, that part wasn't confusing. So again, I'm not saying I, my experience applies to everyone and, and it would be on, un- irresponsible of me to assume that. So I am going to, I'd like to kind of further explore this issue with some child development and language experts and see, um, just across the board, what their thought is, but I do apply the adoption research to birth mom, birth dad. And that is the language that they've been using since, you know, since the beginning. So, Mm -hmm. um, and it is mom and dad, even though they're not technically, you know, they're your mom and your dad. So, um, Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about just kind of, you know, anything that you feel strongly about as far as being donor conceived and a message you would like to share with, with people out there?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think something that I've become increasingly passionate about is honesty. Um, I feel like when I have shared my story, I've also had a lot of people, um, kind of respond and say, you know what, that's great for you, but I didn't know that I was donor conceived and now I have a I have trouble dealing with it or processing it. Um, and I think that comes with obviously a lot of people didn't know and then DNA testing has since um, unleashed some secrets that um, American families and just families around the world have had. So I think one thing that I'm becoming increasingly passionate about is sharing um, and being honest early I think Mm -hmm. when you know something from the beginning, you struggle with it less and it just becomes normal, right? You know, since it's not something that was shamed or stigmatized or kept from you. um, And then, you know, if it were, then you might struggle with it later. So I feel like something that regardless of your, um, if you're donor conceived or adopted or just um, in any way that you came to be parents being open and honest and just open to answering questions, I think is what I found is most healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's so much that of your life that you made a lot of assumptions along the way that then those assumptions have to be reworked. Once you find out a truth that's different and so central to your being, it, it really pulls the the rug out from under people. And so I, yeah, definitely agree with that. And that's the whole reason I wrote my book and started this work was because I, when I entered entered this field 12 years ago, secrecy was the rule, not the exception. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's changed. It's getting more open, but I think there now, you know, what happens when things become more open then the people that are keeping secrets just won't even say tell you they're keeping a secret they're gonna keep a secret that they're keeping a secret so then yeah. you really don't know so it's important to keep talking about it and keep encouraging those people to be open as well um and not just assume that oh everybody knows that now because you're right not there are people that you know that's still a very big um big issue and concern in Absolutely. families and sort of knowing and, and just encouraging them that there are resources out there to help them as well so they're not alone um and also not to shame them because mm-hmm. They were told something and they acted on that and maybe they just didn't know how to undo it and they didn't know how to do differently. So if you're listening and you're thinking, I, I really want to talk about this uh, with my child, then don't feel ashamed, reach
1: out. And it's never, never too late, never
0: too Absolutely. late. When you know better, you do better.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I've had some siblings, parents who did not tell them and they've since found out, but just the conversations and the honest that they're able to have now and just progressing their relationship and really just diving deep and having those conversations have been really, I know, really meaningful to them and really, um, so yeah,
0: I agree. Wonderful. And it is never too late. And I think, you know, things happen in life, people, you know, things change people too. So even if you're listening and you're donor conceived and you're thinking, this isn't my parent, my parent hasn't been open and they're not communicating with me. And that's so hard you know maybe that can change you know whether it's a you know a break of a of a relationship that frees them from their situation more or you know a, you know unfortunately some of those terrible things that happen to us change us too so you know let there's always hope and um so you know i i, I really empathize with I don't I can see people that are struggling with that as well um, with not having those good conversations mm-hmm. with their parents so
1: anything else us having this conversation and and others having conversations alike allows people to be vulnerable, allows people to share their story and allows people to see their family in other people. Um, And I think, you know, being present and just being represented is important. So I'm really grateful for conversations like this that gives people a voice and also just lets people listen and, and get more resources and information and mm-hmm. answers to some of their questions that they may have, because they may not be, their family may not be as representative in the media and just all over, all over everything yeah. that we see on a day-to-day basis. Did it help you to see some of your traits reflected in, in your siblings? Yes. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. One of my sisters, um, we look almost identical, Oh wow. um, to the point where, we were like trying to unlock each other's phones. We were like, I wonder if this could work because we look. <laughs> and people would look. We um, had a meetup um, of a bunch of us in New York this year. And so my family members would look at the pictures and they'd be like, oh my gosh, that's Kiara. Look. And then they'd be like, wait, no, that's Kiara. Um, oh, so, wow. and then other siblings, you know, one of my sisters, other sisters and I, we have the same ears. And another sister, mm. we have the exact same like mannerisms. It's funny cause it's not even a physical trait, but we have the same energy and the same like giddy energetic, um, this personality, <laughs> so your mannerisms in a different package somewhat. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, so it's, it's yeah. been wonderful. Cause you know, when you meet a stranger, you're not probably going to share your entire life story right off the bat, but when you meet a sibling yeah. that may have been a stranger to you and just mm-hmm. sharing all of my life story and, what's going on in my life and all those mm-hmm. details with them has been so meaningful. It's true
0: how that happens. I have half siblings too, that I met as an adult. And it's amazing that instant connection that you feel with them. Mm-hmm. It's just there. And I can't even explain it. So what is your total at
1: now? What, how many half siblings do you We're have? At a, we have 18. So okay. there's, I think there's a few as well that are maybe on some of the sites like donor red sibling registry that um haven't made contact with us yet. Um okay. but there's about 18 of us and my donor has two children with his wife as well. Okay. And are they in contact with you? They know about us. They are uh-huh. um think it's cool as my donor yeah, says good. um uh-huh. and I think some of my siblings follow them on social media but um okay. we haven't haven't met them yet but i know yet. Okay. that um they know about us and um are excited when our donor gives them updates about well, what we're doing in life. Oh, cool. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. And are they younger? They are, are younger. They... So i'm okay. 24 and i'm the youngest of the donor conceived kids. Okay. We range from about 24 to 27, almost 28. And then um our donors two kids are i believe 21 and 18. Okay. So yeah. a few years
0: wow.
1: yeah. Well, it would be great to um
0: if he ever wants to talk to me as well or even if you want to come back with both of you mm-hmm. and talk. That would be kind of cool too just to to ask questions and find out about that relationship and how you both feel and and it might be kind of hard and maybe too soon. I know you just talked to him, so you know, maybe if if you need some time, I understand with that too.
1: Again, I I do feel so content with all this, especially because um obviously, you know, tough things happen in life or things that you need to work through and process but i'm so blessed that he's very open and my things are very open um and we ended our conversation with i i had made a comment of you know you're going to have a lot of biological grandchildren out there <laughs> oh my gosh and right? <laughs> he said and i want to meet them all and like in him just saying no. that really melted my heart and i was like Aww. that was just such an amazing conversation that is so sweet yeah.
0: Oh, that's, I think that's what people need to know is that they matter. Mm-hmm. They matter. They and at, to have that person that helped create you say you'd matter to me is really special. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad you got that. Now, one last question. Do you call them half
1: siblings or siblings? Cause I know I've done both and then I've been corrected at t- So I kind of, I dance all over the place. <laughs> I think it depends if I'm talking to them or to maybe somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. If I'm talking to the general public or just like a family friend, just to distinguish, I usually say half I usually say donor sibling, honestly, because I feel like, Oh, you do. Okay. I don't like the half personally. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like a half sibling. That's just no fun. Um, <laughs> okay. so I Girl, yeah. usually call them like donor siblings, but to oh, you them, okay. um, like when we're talking to each other, we usually just say, Hey sis, like, yeah. we just say, this is my sister. Um, or when we all met up, we were out at a bar and we're like, we're sisters, you know? I so, isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I go back and forth, um, but to me, they're my siblings. Okay. Got it. Got it.
0: Yeah. Is So isn't that funny? So, And I say half siblings, but it's just because it was probably just at the time, the only term, you know, 20 years ago that I could think of that, that made sense. So that doesn't bother me. But as life's gone on, I'm starting to allow myself to call them siblings to people now, not half siblings. Like I said, that's how things change over time, Um, but how I don't have a negative connotation with that, but you do. So again, we go come back to what is, what is the person, what is their preference? And that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing. So as I fumble around and as we all fumble around, let's just be really graceful with each other, right? Absolutely. Well, it was so great visiting with you today. Thank
1: you for having me. This is (laughs) wonderful.
0: Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow me for more content, you can find me on Instagram at Jana Rupnow LPC and Facebook. And you can also grab a copy of my book, Three Makes Baby on amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com and target.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate it and share it with a friend if you like it. Have a great day.